Race matters. 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 I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. Uh, this land is a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories, song. Uh, it's been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us, and it will continue to be in their hands for long, long after us. We are privileged to honour this history of storytelling today here at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders, past, present and emerging. We are coming to you live from Redfern right now, the birthplace of black theatre in this country. And and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations peoples. Welcome to Race Matters. Uh, this is a show hosted by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. I'm Darren Lasagas. It's been uh, a hot minute since uh, both of us have been the, on the air together. And I say both of us because Sada Khan joins us on the phone. Hello, Sada. How are you? I'm good, my brother Darren. How are you? It, I'm good. It's really lovely to just hear your voice on the radio, be it through a phone or otherwise. Um, how how are you? How, how's your day going? It's been um a better day than the last few weeks. Actually, I think I finally well not finally I don't want to say finally, but I've settled into isolation and starting to feel like. It's normal. I'm just feeling a little bit more normal today. Totally. I mean, me too. I feel like I've kind of settled in. And I mentioned with Tanya earlier that I think now is about the time, now it's been a few weeks of isolation where we're really starting to critically, emotionally, mentally reflect mm. on the time that's been happening. I mean, it's been over a month since the government advised uh, self-isolation and social distancing across Australia. A lot has happened since then. But uh, yeah, most importantly, so much time to reflect on uh, our experience of this pandemic and uh, how it differs depending on your race, your socioeconomic status and your um, your level of privilege. And, uh, yeah, and it's, a, it's also really... Um, kind of sending me into a deeper space of self not self-isolation, self-awareness as well. And it makes you look at things on the macro level, on the micro level, and um, how you're kind of reacting to things, how the biggest scheme of things are being um, responded to. And it's being, I don't know, like it's sending me into a space of trying to be really careful that I don't overanalyze and overthink what's happening, especially with the people in my lives as well, and who's not who's flouting social distancing rules and why? Yeah, that's that's the other hard balance, isn't it? It's like how how far do you go in before you start being consumed by it, and how how close can you get to be critical about it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's something that I think is really good for us to definitely unpack a bit further, especially with how people are utilizing social media right now to showcase their self isolation. People that are in privileged positions and. Something that's um, really becoming glaringly obvious is the wealth disparity. Self-isolation for service workers also doesn't mean the same thing for someone whose job is online. So maintaining your physical and mental health, nutrition, is all not the same experience for the employed and for the jobless. So you may have seen yourself, but in extreme cases, um, never more now is the schism between the rich, the famous, and the rest of society. 
and the performative nature of solidarity and empathy coming from the upper, upper class is astounding and it's something that's been quite infuriating for us here off air is seeing people in highly privileged economic and racial positions really using this opportunity to flout their wealth. And so we heard that from the Queen of Pop herself. (laughs) (laughs) Madonna posted something extremely strange and on social media. So let's yeah. Yeah, if you, he- if you haven't heard it, here is the uh, audio of the video she posted on her social media. That's the thing about COVID-19. It doesn't care about how rich you are, how famous you are, how funny you are, how smart you are, where you live, how old you are what amazing stories you can tell. It's the great equalizer. And what's terrible about it is what's great about it. What's terrible about it is it's made us all equal in many ways. And what's wonderful about it is that it's made us all equal in many ways. What's terrible and what's good about it is that we're all equal. Isn't that the most unhinged thing that has been said, or one of the most unhinged things that's been said about the pandemic that has made it to light? Um, yeah, what just like I know. Well, number one, stylistically, <laughs> in the video, very unsettled. Uh, yeah, it's unsettling. Um, yeah. yeah, the video stylistically, she's in a bath, she's naked. There's rose petals, that unnerving stark piano behind it. It is um, detached. Um, <laughs> And uh, look, like I know, we know Madonna's been, you know, quite unwell, or seems quite unwell for quite some time, and here she speaks in some pretty unhinged extremes, but let's not ignore the fact that this is an ideology shared by many of those in places of power and privilege. It's, uh, it's like an erasure of any idea of the structural and racial inequality that people in power benefit from. Similar uh, examples you may have seen in the past few weeks, Gal Gadot and her collection of beautiful mm. celebrities singing Imagine. Uh, more than the thing itself, which is them singing Imagine, what be- bewildered me is that no one around any of these people thought it was a bad idea to sing to people Imagine no possessions while like <laughs> people are hoarding toilet paper away from those who can't afford it. Um, another recent one... Whole, um... yeah. That whole Gal Gadot thing really bothered me on so many levels as well because Gal Gadot is known for funneling her money towards the Israeli army, which is um, enforcing the continual oppression of Palestinian people. So that was something that bothered me even more and made me more nervous. I was just like, where's your money going, Gal Gadot? Yeah. Like, <laughs> even if you were hoarding money for yourself right now, you're actually not. Your money's still going towards oppressing people and furthering their demise. Like, so just sit down, okay? It's mind-boggling, um, yeah. Uh, another recent one was Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, in her TV show, she likened her self-isolation to prison. She was like, it's just like prison. I'm wearing the same clothes every day and everyone in here is gay. Um, another, like, super unhinged comment uh, that has been made by an uber-rich person. I mean, that what's that? Comedy at the expense of literal mass deaths um, from a person whose net worth nearly amasses $500 million in her $27 million mansion. Sorry, you do mm. not get to make these jokes and tell us to be kind to one another while people are dying. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the result of that, Channel 9 has axed any future airings of Ellen in her ISO episodes. Uh, it might be because of the backlash of that joke, but it probably is because those episodes were just really bad TV too. So um, yeah, you know, commercial TV personalities touting this idea of we're in this together. I mean, in sentiment, like on service level, sure we are, but when you think about it critically, no, we're not. Yeah, and that whole video that came out of all of these TV personalities, social media personalities here in Australia singing um, that song, that compilation song of um, We're All Australian, that made me very unsettled, very uncomfortable as well because, well, I don't like that song We're All Australian because it's it's an erasure of First Nations peoples and um, the continual ongoing colonisation of First Nations people, land, waterways, um, it erases uh, over-incarceration rates, it erases our suicide rates, um, it erases the gap, the health gap between us, our lack of access to um, housing and health resources. Like, there's so many things that are wrong with that song, Australian. I don't like it. I will never, ever be on board with it. Like, I don't even like to claim this word Australia either. Australia to me doesn't exist. So when they got these big perfect TV personalities to sing a lot, during this time as well, like, which we all delve, delve into a bit further on, which is, um, the shocking reality, not sh- I shouldn't say shocking, but the, the harsh reality of what COVID-19 is revealing and that is that the people that are overwhelmingly impacted by this are people in lower socioeconomic areas, people of colour, First Nations people, people in remote communities. And so when you see a song like that, been for, you know, I don't... I know they're trying to achieve some feel-good vibe at the moment, but it's it's a little bit irresponsible. Do you not agree? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's a band-aid response. It's 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 an attempt to speak to some sort of emotional, cultural identity which doesn't exist or shouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's um, it's just a little bit infuriating when it's like I saw a video as well of Delta Goodrum. Like they're doing a few of them of um on Channel 9, which, like, I don't know, like, I don't expect much from Channel 9 anyway when it comes to, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> think having critical thought, but um, they, they're having celebrities do a speak-to-camera bit that they've been airing in commercial breaks, urging Australians to stay home, and Delta been saying a stay-at-home message from her bloody mansion! <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, and she's like, we can, we can flatten the curve if we all stay at home together. And I'm just like, yeah, if you live in nuclear housing where you can work, nuclear families where you can work from home, not live, living in overcrowded housing or government housing or, you know, spaces that you, it's hard to social distance in. Exactly. Or what if you're a caretaker for, like, you know, multiple family members in your home? Like, this totally is only serving for the nuclear home. Yeah, the schism that exists between us and the economic elite and those who are in the economic economic elite are pretty much the first or the most visible when it comes to performing togetherness and solidarity and we're all in this together, those mm. kinds of messages with people who are being affected by the pandemic. And you know what? We can laugh, we can call them deranged, but how much do their worldviews dilute before they reach us? And where does the cross-section of race come into it. If you look at New York City, uh, I mean, like looking at the numbers today before I came here, New York City's health department has reported in their city, black people and Latinx people hold the highest number of deaths in the city, 
which is disproportionate to their uh, constitution of the city's actual population. And I feel like there's plenty of reasons why this could be. The unequal distribution of resources, uh, lack of outreach uh, beyond language barriers, uh, anti-immigrant rhetoric in the country that has endured for decades before this. And look, we've not been hit as hard by the virus as New York City, but you don't have to look too far to see the surface being peeled back on kind of latent inequalities. Sara, you touched on this before uh, the song. I mean, you know, some people aren't uh, privileged enough or, you know, culturally aren't able to isolate in the way that nuclear families are isolating. Is that right? Yeah, and a lot of Aboriginal communities are just taking it into their own hands. They they took it into their own hands to shut down and not wait for um, state government directives on this. Um, out in um, Wilcannia, Wilcannia did that. They just they just put signs up and said people can't come into town anymore because that's the thing. Once it hits our people, we're very lucky so far to have not um, been overwhelmingly hit hard by it. But that's because our people took action into their own hands as well. Um, Warren had to shut down where I come from, where my all my family is. They've had to um, shut down their borders as well and not allow people in unless it's for essential um, needs, essential travel, because they had a confirmed case recently as well. And these are small towns with overwhelmingly Aboriginal populations and a lot of them being our elders there as well with chronic illnesses, chronic diseases, um, complications with their immunities. So many, so many factors. So if it was to run rampant through um, our remote communities, it would just be over. It would be devastating. It would be really, really catastrophic, actually, especially because so many of our elders carry so many of our stories and our song lines and um, the knowledge of our survival. So many um, reasons why we need our elders to be protected more so now than ever. And um, so I feel very, very very sad for um, Native peoples over in, uh, you know, our Native American brother and sisters over in the States because they, they're, they're not having the same protective measures put into place for them, um, especially for all the other poorer communities in the States. Like, I read the reports that's happening over there and it, it's, I, feel, like, I feel very sick listening, watching what's happening there right now for people that are poor and people that are black and people that are indigenous. And that's why when we see these kind of these, you know, we're all in this rhetoric um, from really privileged white bread people, it's infuriating because the problem with engaging with this we're all together rhetoric, especially during this time, completely negates all experience of people in overcrowded housing, people with minimal access to health resources, People who are in abusive and unsafe homes, and more importantly, for people in prison. This is a really, really scary fact that's happening right now, too, is what will happen to our prison population. And the, the, no one wanting to think or care or lend humanity, humanity to these populations of people as well. And um, unfortunately, as well, the fact that policing measures um, that are being put into place will overwhelmingly impact lower socioeconomic community. So it's really insulting and it, all of this simplifies the many challenges and complexities of the impact. That's what's not being um, talked about on a larger scale. And I guess like it's not surprising from the mainstream um, media and from the white community on all of this. You know, it's, it's not shocking that, that no one wants to um, delve deeper into who's being like, if you want to like 
um, have a deeper discussion and a deeper yarn on all of this, like, oh, I'd go to Twitter because that's where the people are. That's where my people are that are going to be voicing all of these things and voicing strategies um, for resolve in all these to protect our, um, um, our marginalised people and to protect people that are high risk. But uh, other than that, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to know where to turn to if you're someone that's going to be, able, if you're an at-risk person, if you're in, in an at-risk space at the moment, and then you turn on your Channel 9 TV and see Dalton Goodrum saying, stay at home, play on the piano, listen to my song, listen to my new hit, hit me up on Instagram, Dalton Goodrum, but like, stop, stop. <laughs> um, that, that's, the, that's like to kind of unpack for you why this type of rhetoric is so problematic. This is this is why. And I saw Richard um, was talking about how this has really unveiled uh, the, all the problems of capitalism, really, and how the current system that we work for is completely dysfunctional, um, which we all kind of knew, but this is kind of showing it more um, glaringly now. And I think a really good... Um, status or tweet today that said um, what COVID is showing is that America is a world war country with a Gucci belt. <laughs> well, that's and, it, and isn't that's, it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we know, we knew, we've known these inequalities have existed for a long, long time. It took a global pandemic for them to be exacerbated to the point where the vulnerable become the dead. And mm. that's when people start to listen, apparently, anyway. Yeah. But, and so yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like, I, this is why the power of this is why social media is so powerful, um, and I always will back up social media as being um, because of how our peoples, you know, our resilient peoples, our indigenous peoples, you know, um, immigrant and refugee communities can utilize these um, tools to empower themselves and connect up with each other to be able to share resources around. And that's definitely happening in amongst the First Nations communities right now. Um, there's some really great self-care, self-help um, pages being created by lots of grassroots peoples and community. Um, Nessie Turnbull Roberts, who is a deadly sister girl, that's also been one of... We've been privileged enough to have her on the show with us. She um, very instrumental in, um, you know, starting a lot of these pages and movements online as well. Um, like there's a First Nations COVID response um, page for um, blackfellas living in the city area so that we can share resources around to each other and, um, you know, people that might be in a privileged position to be able to drop off, you know, food packages and drop make lists for people, you know, um, like take people to the shops, older people to the shops and things like that that are not, um, might not have that support around them right now. So it's, 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 it's humbling seeing all of these things happen around us but um, the, we're all in this together rhetoric from people in privileged positions, the self-isolation um, narrative that we're getting from the wealthier classes is I think people need to, people that are not a part of that class don't be easily manipulated by it, okay? Because the whole um, facade of the celebrity is fading slowly and this is like, I think celebrities and influencers and this whole culture around it is starting to disintegrate, and I think we should keep pushing that disintegration to happen. 
Absolutely, and that's pretty much to the point of what we have been talking about for the past little while. Obviously, it's a huge thing to digest, especially because we're in it right now. But I guess the takeaway here is to remain critical as much as you can when you are consuming media, when you are engaging in these ideas of what self-isolation means for you and those around you. Think about how you are privileged in a way that others around you are more vulnerable and not as privileged. Uh, I'm Darren Lasaga. Sada Khan has joined us over the phone. Sada, it's been so good to hear from you and speak with you on the radio again. I know, I know. Like we said, like you said, no, you said last week, you yeah. know, it's, it's kind of a refresh on our it feeling, is. isn't it? <laughs> uh, sending love and think, and sending love to you if you are listening right yeah. now. Make sure you listen back to this show and all previous shows on the podcast available on Spotify and fbiradio.com. This has been Race Matters. We'll catch you next time. Race matters. 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 Race matters.